Well, hey, welcome back to Theologians in Cars Drinking Libations. I'm here with uh, my good friend, Jason Benzie, and he is the senior pastor at Lutheran Church of Our Redeemer and Gethsemane Lutheran. Like, you have to be pretty awesome to be leading two churches. That's, that's, that's like a, that's a badge of honor that you have to, you're, you're leading the charge with two churches, not just one. Um, well, I've, I've been in Sacramento nine years um, coming on and uh, received the call to pastor Lutheran Church of Our Redeemer and um, just all partnering together so much doing things with uh, so many Lutheran and, and leading worship and studies together that being only nine speed bumps away, one mile apart from each other um, and doing a lot of shared similar ministry when Pastor Vern Holmes retired it made sense for them to uh, not call another pastor, but continue on our, our growing journey, relationship journey together between That's the awesome. two churches. Yeah. Um, but as per usual with our, our tradition, we begin with discussing our choice of libations. So, uh, um, Jason, uh, what uh, what did you end up choosing for for our drive? This iced coffee morning? on a hot day in Sacramento. Iced coffee, yeah. and uh, so that's probably the main significance to choosing the iced coffee uh-huh. today. I would assume. Any other motivations? Ice, definitely. Uh, yeah. No, when you said to pick maybe an appropriate drink, I think Lutherans. I've noticed at any convention. Uh, gathering seem to go through the pot of coffee faster than anyone can keep up with coffee. I, some things are just cultural, I suppose. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know if I can put a finger on it, but I love coffee. Yes, and so in particular, Lutherans. It seems that way. Lutherans I, are, I've noticed yeah. like Episcopals drink tons of tea. The, the conventioners or okay. conferences can never keep with the tea, and Lutherans coffee. I don't know if it's yeah. a Northern European cultural background. What yeah. is, but. What about Definitely Lutherans and, and beer, though, as well? There's, there's some roots there. Uh, well. In Martin Luther's writings, that's often the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he was a he was he was a, a fan. I've there are some Lutherans <laughs> that don't drink coffee, but I love coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I got a vanilla latte, iced iced vanilla latte, and and I suppose my main motivation behind that was the same thing. It's hot in Sacramento today. It's supposed to be 99 degrees. So, those of you who are uh, watching this and you are in a cooler location and and, uh, and you're looking to warm up, uh, feel free to book a flight and come out to the Central Valley here in, in California. It's a dry will, heat. It's a nice will, it's heat. A dry, it's, it's a very it's nice heat. It's not humid heat. It's, it's a, a very nice heat. Here. It's a very nice heat. Well, very good. Well, very good. Well, well Jason, uh, tell us a little bit more about your your journey as a theologian. Uh, when, when was the earliest, what's the earliest recollection that you have of when you heard about God? So that works. Yeah, that's good. Let's that's that's hear about an early memory of um, God, or what's got me thinking about God. And primarily, I, th- I think my sense of God has been a lot of questions and mystery associated with God. I, I was raised in the church, going to a church, but I often didn't really understand what it's about, and I had a lot of questions, not just about the church, but life, and um, so uh, talking about God was a place to ask about something bigger and mysteries beyond the reality here. I was always fascinated with the concepts of time, like when when did time start, when does a time end, what, what does infinite mean, what does finite mean, what... Um, the, the beginnings, the end of things, but um, 
also just questions about what where what's happening in the church what's happening in my life or the lives of others and um so god was a place where i could be open to mystery and awe and um something beyond myself i'd say that's great because uh, you know sometimes people associate faith and the study of God with um, dogma, with things that are already decided, you know, and uh, and so for you, it sounds like it was a little bit different and that you, what drove you was really the more the, the mystery of it and the openness of it, the questions that you would have. And that continued on in my life of faith and study of theology throughout my life is the more I, I tried to understand and study God, the, the less certainty I had and more being open more and more to God's working. I, yeah. and seminary is a place where you, maybe you expect or in study of theology to come and learn answers mm-hmm. or certainty. And anytime I thought an answer, it would just be smashed. And I think think about all new perspectives that I couldn't even imagine before. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, tell us a little bit more about how, the how, what were some of your early memories and then maybe even going through seminary and so forth. What did you learn about how to study, if, if we use that word, how to study or explore God? Right. Well, I, the tools I was given from the church, my family upbringing, you know, you study God with the traditional means of learning about God, the holy scriptures or the um, prayer life or devotional life or um but i i think you know seminary in my life has also taught me um uh, through study of like clinical pastor education that the, the human life is a living document to see how god's working in um not only my life but the lives of my friends my families my neighbors the strangers um how's god's working in their life as well um, but i think also i, I learned a lot from history um Digging back in where, unfortunately, um, humans have hurt other humans or um, in history or, or ways that the, the martyrs and others fought for justice and life and faith um, has also been a, a place where I've seen how God's been at work through time and um, even today in my life as well. Yeah. yeah. What is... Uh... What's something that you have recently been studying and that you've really become passionate about? Well, this, this, is, a, this is a time for our, our uh, theologians and cars drinking libations, a new segment where we call Preach It. Yeah. So, okay, so you get, uh, usually most of our conversation, we want to focus on the hows. Uh, but what is something from some of your studies, whether whether it's engaging with other people, I really like what you had to say there too, by the way, it's, it's, it's that others people, other people's lives also become uh, a sacred text of sorts that we, that we explore in understanding who God is. And, uh, but uh, history and the like, but so from whatever field of, uh, or whatever form of study you've engaged in, what's something of lately that's really, that caught your attention in your heart uh, and that you've been wanting to share? Maybe you've already preached on it recently. 
Yeah, what's something that's uh, it's burning? I got on fire in the pulpit here this past week. I, okay. I um, and I, I, it's become more of a passion that I feel needs to, to get out right now. And it was clear from the pulpit. Uh, but um, one impetus was, uh, and maybe one headline that was just recently in the news, is our, our President Donald Trump uh, called immigrants on the southern border. He used the word in a couple of phrases, animals was a, a term he used. And I um, read that, and then I also read it in the context of some others and started preaching that Desmond Tutu was talking about uh, the notion of what do we need for peace in our world, for order, for life to function. And his basic notion, he's, what he referred to, he says, we need to recognize the humanity in one another. And what a challenge that is to see the humanity. Uh, it was just right after that that, um, you know, the presiding bishop, Michael Curry of the Episcopal Church, he um, preached at the royal wedding, and then he hit the national TV circuit after that, and had a variety of interviews, including one on CNN. And his quote on CNN, what he said is, um, that no matter our station in life, no matter where we come from, we actually, he said, all come from the same God. And he said, the last time I checked, even in the world of biology, if we have the same parent, that makes us brothers and sisters. Whether we're royal or not, whether we're poor or not, whether we're black or brown or white or not, no matter our station in life, we're all related. And he said, and that means then that I'm my sister's keeper and my brother's keeper and my friends. We'd have a very different world if we all live like that. And some of the African Swahili language, all can understand a lot better what it means that we're brothers and sisters, that um, what it is to love our neighbor, that uh, who is our neighbor. So I share that same message at the Interfaith Iftar here in the month of Ramadan. Yep. Shared it at our church gathering this past week um, in what it means to love our neighbor. Shared it from the pulpit, and I... It's a challenging message even for me because there are sometimes, you know, when there's friends or people we like, we know that literally our brain lights up when we see their chemicals in our brain. But there's some people we just don't see with our brain or our chemicals because they're not like us. We can't relate to them. But I think the real calling we have um, is if we're going to love God, we've got to first love our neighbor. And uh, Jesus calls us, says that's the greatest commandment. I think that's what the essence and core of what faith and God has to be about is, to, is teaching us to see our neighbor, to love one another. And uh, it's not an easy message, not one I'm good at or perfect at, but uh, that's that's the passion on me yeah. right now. Yeah. It's, um, I had a similar love. thought or conviction lately just in terms of... Um, uh, it's really hard when I see or hear individuals or groups like you quoted earlier um, with the president and his comments dehumanizing a community that I'm passionate about. It's really tempting in that environment to turn right around and want to dehumanize him or other people who, who are thinking like he does, even though I strongly, strongly um, disagree uh i think things that are being said are, are morally wrong and even reprehensible but i think that one of the challenges for me in, in all of that is 
do I then use that as an excuse to dehumanize other people um, who I yeah, disagree who with? I disagree with, and uh, and that's a challenge because, um, but I, I think it's a challenge that I personally have to overcome. Otherwise, I'm gonna I'm gonna in essence um, be a hypocrite and 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 basically promote the same kind of mentality but just with a different group of people. Sure, but we all do yeah. it. The yeah. scribes and the Pharisees dehumanize Jesus yeah. uh, and Jesus is the great humanizer in some ways to teach us what God being human means uh, in the incarnation. And I, I, but, but we all do it. It's part of being human. We yeah. all dehumanize and how to begin more and more to see the humanity in one another, especially our enemies and those that we can't understand or don't understand. What is, if somebody is happens to be watching this or listening to this, and they have never really, maybe they just grew up in a different environment where they weren't exposed at all to any kind of religious conversation. I actually prefer the word faith over religion, but any kind of faith conversation. And they're hearing this what kind of advice would you give to somebody who's just saying, I, you know, I just want, I want this to be a part of my journey. I want to, I want to, I want to grapple and understand uh, more um, personally and, and how this might relate to my life. What's something that you would say to them as far as a starting point in beginning that journey? Sure. I'm, and there's so many starting points and I'm sure many others could brainstorm, but I think one obvious one is, it's, and it can be a little scary to do, but I commend try it. Just go to a local faith community, to a um, church of any sort, to a mosque, to a, a synagogue, and show up and meet people and see what they experience at that time. But um, it, it can be scary, but take that challenge and find what's in their neighborhood and um, go meet neighbors in that sense uh and show up to a worship experience church and to a worship experience and see what they experience yeah and probably in all of that maintain that that uh curiosity that drove you that mystery that mm -hmm. sense of ask questions of drive to ask yeah to ask questions like you uh started with and it sounds like you're you're continuing on him it sounds like that if anything, that that thirst uh, uh, for to, and that desire, uh, that drive to continue to ask questions is even stronger with you now than maybe it was even when you were younger and beginning that journey. I don't know if that sounds about right for you, but uh, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't learn yeah. or know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's the it's the age old saying, right? Uh, the, uh, the older I get, the more I know how little I know. Uh, and uh, it seems like that is uh, always the case, that uh, uh, life's great humbler is just more of life. <laughs> like the more life you have, uh, the more questions that uh, come to the surface. And uh, but it's good to just keep asking those questions. Well, um, I, I think that you've heard some, some really uh, some really great advice for those of you who are watching and are listening to this episode of Theologians in Cars Drinking Libations uh, from Jason Benzie. Uh, I want to encourage you, if you are here in the Sacramento area, if you're in the Art and Arcade area, 
uh, go out and, and hear more and, and listen and share uh, some of what your journey is with uh, some of the folks at his church, um, and the two churches. Both Look me up and, and let's have a conversation. And sure. Exactly. Let me tell you, it's not the first time I've had a conversation with this guy. I'm always encouraged and inspired uh, by them. Uh, so anyways, but Jason, I just want to thank you again uh, for uh, hopping on this little journey around the streets of Arden Arcade here in Sacramento uh, to talk a little bit about our journey in the study of God. So I hope you have a good rest of your day. Enjoy. Did you enjoy it? You still Thanks got a little bit coffee, left. Kurt, yes. Oh, no, you're most welcome. I've still got to finish up my latte. Uh, we'll try to stay cool here in, uh, in California here in 99 degrees, that's what I heard. Not quite 100, so we shouldn't complain. We're cooling off. After and, we're cool, yes. and we're cooling off. So, yes. anyways, uh, we'll take care, folks, and we'll see you again another time on uh, the next installment of uh, Theologians and Cars Drinking Libations. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And remember that you can check out more of my takes on faith, social justice, and pop culture, along with other life-inspired musings by visiting www.curtelewis.com. If you enjoyed and benefited from this and other publications featured on my website, would you take a few minutes to show your support? First, you can share it with your friends via social media, text message, email, word of mouth, pigeon bird, cave art, whichever you prefer. Second, if you're listening on iTunes, take a few seconds to subscribe to this podcast and to give it a positive review. Lastly, you can help me to continue to produce these podcasts by making a monthly or one-time financial contribution. Click on support on the website to learn more. Again, thanks so much for listening.